sit back and get ready to take off with Dynamic Golf. Hey golfers, this is Sean from One Stop Golf Club of Wesley Chapel. Want to let you guys know about our private golf club featuring TrackMan, which gives you unlimited data, video analysis, and practice abilities to improve your game. This is a one-of-a-kind practice facility in which you book your own tee times, walk in with your own personal code, and use TrackMan to improve your game. We offer monthly memberships starting at $60 for 24 hours a day, 7 days a week access, and the use of TrackMan. Think of it as your own private man cave or woman cave. Uh, enjoy a 65-inch TV with all the sports stations available so you can watch a game while improving your own golf game. We also offer private golf instruction, club fittings, and putter fittings as well. For more information, check out our website, www.onestopgolfshopfl.com. back everybody welcome to dynamic golf um, i'm your co-host tim Macavana, owner and operator swingtheorygolf.com and with me is my co-host sean Klotz. hey team mac how you doing bud doing good doing good yep so today we're just going to kind of rift okay yeah. we're just going to kind of let it go kind of whatever kind of comes to the mind and kind of go with that um we were kind of talking a little bit here on the back porch um a little bit about uh, some of the some of the people that that have inspired us or, or taught us that um, you know didn't make it to the tour didn't make it all the way and some very talented people um i think you've got a very interesting story about the, your golf coach yeah so university of Tampa. um his name is jeff leonard and, and i was at ut for four years and i had three different golf coaches in four years okay right so that, that's probably a podcast right there in itself <laughs> in the fact that you know you got to get some of these younger kids coming up through college and or high school mm -hmm. juniors like you got to find a coach and then you got to kind of stick with the coach probably but if it's not working it's okay to move and find out you know find a different one mm -hmm. when you get to a school like a you know like a college atmosphere you don't have a choice yeah unless you're nil now or oh, yeah. or, or, or transfer portal yeah uh, which i'm not sure i'm sure that's affecting the ncaa for golf just as much as it's affecting absolutely nfl and stuff like that absolutely i'm sure those kids want to get paid too yeah so, so um the, the point of the story would be that, uh, so, so Jeff Leonard was my coach my freshman year. Okay. Um, and, and I knew his resume, right? So my, my brother is five years older than me. Mm -hmm. He went to University of Tampa. That's how a kid from north of Boston ends up in Tampa, okay. as we found out. And, and UT was a great uh, Division II golf school back in 86 and 87, 88. Had a pretty good football program, too, as well. Prior to that, yep, okay. yep, yep. Now you're really dating me. Don't, okay. I wasn't there okay. during that time. That was like the uh, Ed Niswintowski and um, I think, uh, what's his name, Solomon, Freddie Solomon might have played there. I can't remember. Okay. I'm yes. pretty sure. Um, but, but yeah, that's back in the 70s. And, and uh, so <clears throat> UT, a little small Division II school, you know, with all these powerhouses, University of Florida, mm -hmm. USF was good back at that time. Mm -hmm. They still are. FSU, Miami. You know, if you're from Massachusetts, you're not going to go to Salem State, which is a little small community college in, gotcha. in Massachusetts to play golf. Mm -hmm. There's good golf up in Massachusetts, but then when you come down here, you realize they're all good. 
Yeah. Well, they've got, you know, the whole season to work on it, where, where you That's guys it. only get, what, six, yeah. eight months out of the year, and then it's uh, yeah. snowball. Yeah, if you're, if you're lucky. So that's what I realized was coming from up there, big fish, little pond, we'll call it, you know, okay. and then you come down here and you realize, oh my gosh, they're all good. Another good freshman year story, trying out for the team. Um, my, my uh, I shot 76 one day, mm -hmm. and I shot 74 one day, and I got by, I got beat by 10 shots on both occasions wow. to two different players. Wow. <laughs> it shows the, the competitiveness and how good the golfers are in the world. How high the talent is. <laughs> right? that, was, that was then, yeah. you know, and you didn't have all the, the new technology like they have now. I no. mean, these kids are just accelerating at a, yep. an unbelievable rate. Yep, and, and, and you know, going to go like back then, but I mean, you know, you'd hit it 280, 300, that was a long drive, yeah. right? You know, now it's 340, 360. Yeah. That's what the technologies didn't really change. So um, Jeff was my coach my freshman year, and I knew, like I said, I knew his resume. He went to, and we're, we're going to get him on our podcast here. Okay, you know, great, yeah, great. I think, think that'd be great to have him tell his story. He's one of the most humble people that you're ever going to meet, mm -hmm. and, and that's the thing that I, one of the things I really enjoy about Jeff. Like, you would never know. He's literally white men can't jump Woody Harrelson, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah. the guy that you just wouldn't think is the so golfer. So unassuming. Yeah, absolutely. Know. So, um he, he went to University of Tampa on a baseball scholarship okay. uh, from Indiana is where he grew up. And again, kind of big fish, little pond up there. Like he was a really good baseball player. Yeah. Um, UT has, you know, the last 30 years has had a great baseball program. Mm -hmm. Back in 85, it wasn't that yet. Okay. But, you know, what, what um, Coach Prado and um, <clears throat> some of the, some of the, there's been a lot of good players coming through University of Tampa. Uh -huh. Sam Militello played uh, for the Yankees. Okay. Um, Tino Gonzalez was a uh, was a uh, player in the Tampa area, but he didn't go to University of Tampa. Okay. So there's a lot of good baseball. Anyways. Yeah, off. Freddie McGriff, too. Freddie McGriff. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, a, lot, so. a lot of good uh, talent. Gary... Uh, Gary um, Coke? Uh, no, not Gary oh. Coke. That's a good one. Um, I'll, I'll come back to that one and think of it. Um, but, <clears throat> so... Um, Jeff, like I said, went to University of Tampa Baseball Scholarship. He broke, he, I think, shoulder or something happened to him okay. that freshman year. So he decides to pick golf back up. Okay. Because okay. he played in high school, but it was baseball and golf, kind of two different seasons. So how many years has he kind of <clears throat> put the clubs away? About two, three years two, or something? Yeah, because yeah, okay. he had focused on baseball, right? So he picks golf up, and then the short story is that by his junior year, he wins the individual national championship for Division Two golf, and University of Tampa also, as a team, wins Division Two national championship for golf. Wow. They, they found this little collection of players. There was about six of them from all over the country. Uh, one of my good friends is from Massachusetts, Peabody, Massachusetts, which is where I'm from. My brother's age. His okay. name was Scott Johnson. He was the number three player. Okay. Uh, Mike Lawler was a really good player. Still got. He plays at Buckhorn. Okay. Still around the yep, area. Still right. around. Um, Glenn uh, Glenn Zito was the um, general manager at uh, Avila for many years. I've heard of that name, yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. So there was like this just little collection of golfers um, who all kind of came together at University of Tampa at the same time and they ended up winning the national championship in 86 and 87, I believe. Um, Chuck Winship was the coach actually. And um, so Jeff, again, just kind of like we were just talking, you know, 
one of his claims to fame, and again, he wouldn't even tell this story. Uh -huh. He's playing in like a, a Hooters tour event or, or some type of qualifier at Worldwoods. Okay. Now, Worldwoods is a different even entity. Uh, Cabot Farms, yeah, I think it is. Cabot Farms, yeah. Too? They're going to reopen, and, and um, I heard last week that it's going to be $500 a round at Cabot Farms. Wow. Yep, they got 36 wow, holes out they're there. They're very proud of that course. Yeah, they? they've got like a 12 hole, um, kind of like a fun, almost like the Pinehurst has this type of golf course. It's like a, a short course where you can play it quickly. I've, I've uh, heard Gil Hans has been uh, doing some of those in the, in the uh, northeast okay. area. So, yeah. so that's interesting. Yep. They're bringing that down here now. Yep, so they, they sold these like uh, stay in plays, almost like condos out there at Cabot Farms. Oh, they built some condos out there. They did, okay. yep, yep. So they redesigned the golf courses. I know we're off topic, but that's why we did that's this. Fine. That's fine, we're rifting. <laughs> that's what we talked about. <laughs> we're rifting. Exactly, we said we, said we were just going to kind of go off topic. So, um, but the cool thing about that 12-hole course, which I always have enjoyed this idea of doing, they've got speakers all around the all around the 12 holes. So that's cool. It's just, it's just top golf on steroids in a real golf world. Mm -hmm. I think top golf, that concept, has really opened the eyes to some of these old conservative golf you know ways buddy yeah exactly you know, the old buddy to, exactly, yeah yeah um, yeah it's, it's funny that you talk about the top golf i went and uh, i'd say probably about a decade ago i went to the first one that's up in virginia okay um and what a mind-blowing experience for for somebody you're, you're up there and you're like wait a minute you have speakers and you have these balls with microchips <laughs> in them and you have right. lighted fields I, I, you know yeah. it was so so unique that i had to go check it out with my yeah. buddy pat and I'll tell you what. Ever since then, I, I I think it's it's mushroomed up. It's just absolutely blown up the the concept, the idea, the idea of having fun on the golf course, yep. uh, not being so rigid and and, and so you know, down to one thing. It's yep. now a lot more open, a lot more younger people getting out there. And mm -hmm. I I you know admit that to one social media and two you know things like Top Golf and, and yep. stuff like that, getting the young younger generation out there. Right uh, absolutely. So think about your high school days, college days, like. We were never allowed to have a speaker on the golf no. cart with us, right? Or, no. or or for carrying our bag. We weren't allowed to have, like, I listened to a lot of music and during my practice time, high mm -hmm. school, college, but it would always be headphones. Yeah, earbuds. Quiet, yeah, off the side, you know, but never. Now, me and you play in our Wednesday night league out here at Silverado on, on Wednesday night. we got 40 guys. Every single one of them's got a speaker. Oh, it's a different channel. I mean, you can be listening to Jimmy Buffett on one, exactly. and you can be listening to house music on the other. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Yeah. And I, I welcome it. You yeah. know, I just love the idea that everybody's out there having fun. I think some people take it way too serious and think that everything's got to be the U.S. Open. And, and remember, it's going to be four hours of your time out there. Yeah. So enjoy it. Yeah. You know, and, and enjoy it with some music and some friends and a good time. And I think you know, even kind of why we decided to do this this idea was uh, exposing different people to the game of golf you know mm -hmm. different skill levels um yeah let's not make it so fuddy-duddy let's not make it where let's face it it was a white man's sport until 1993 four when tiger came out yeah somebody cracked that open real <laughs> big saying, right? yeah, I think tiger right? was yeah. yeah i mean it, it it has changed dramatically in 30 years yeah um and, and you know i mean there's some of his predecessors uh charlie elder and uh jim dent back mm -hmm. at rogers park days yep. i mean there's been some guys who've tried to set you know um not Corey Payne, but um yeah. charlie sifford charlie sifford yeah big one right yep. there calvin pete that's calvin what I was pete, to yeah. yeah but i mean 
that's like four guys we just talked about. We might be omitting some people in that. I'm realm. sure a lot of them. But in like 40 years. Yeah. Now you come to Tiger in 1993. Now you see some more players, whether it's of African American descent, it's just ethnic different yeah, just, all over the world. Absolutely. There's, right? there's, you know, there's Asians getting involved. There's, you know, they're Hispanic, dominating. You know, Latinos getting involved. Yep. Uh, you know, it's just great to see that you're starting to see so much diversity and, and, and array of color out there on the tour now. Yep. Where a lot of, you know, kids, a lot of kids of, um, you know, lower economic standing yep. are able to get that chance now and get out and play golf. And you're really starting to see a lot of, a lot of good talent that I don't think you got to see, you know, back in the 70s and 80s. Now yeah. you're starting to see a lot of good talent, a lot of talent that went to baseball or football yeah. or, or another sport. Now it's being driven a little bit more towards golf. And I'm telling you, I think it's a really exciting time for Absolutely. the game of golf right now. Yeah. It's growing very well. It's opened up so many different, I mean, the the country clubs, there, there are still yeah. Jewish-only country clubs. There are still mm -hmm. men-only country clubs. It's, we can't change the world, but it's no. just, it's good to see that there's this, you know, diversity now coming to the game of golf. And that's, You're, you're mean, starting to see the walls come down a yeah. little bit, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think there's, I think there's a few still over in England that are all men yeah. uh, that don't want to get on there. But if they don't want to get on the Rota, you know, for the U.S. Open, they've <laughs> got to open it up. So I love how, you know, these, <clears throat> these corporations and things are holding them accountable and, and getting them to be more diverse and, and, and open up the club open up their doors. I just talked to one of our local business guys, Mike Prenderville. Oh, yeah. You know, in Great Zephyr guy. Hills, Dade City. Yeah. He played a golf course in Virginia two weeks ago, men only. Huh. 300, 300 members, period. Men only. So, it's not just, you know, it, there's still... Still yeah. still some of that stuff yeah. right over here yeah. in, the old, in the new country as well. Yeah. So, um, going back to my Jeff Leonard story, sorry. Yeah. So, so he's over at, at World Woods. Again, I can't remember the type of event. When I get him on, when we get him on, we'll talk to him. Because, again, he won't even tell the story because he would be just like, Charity oh. event, I assume? Nope. No, no he, okay. he was playing a Hooters Tour event or, or like a um, qualifier for, so Moonlight Tour was like the lower echelon. Mm -hmm. Hooters Nike was kind of the one before the, the tour. Yeah. You know, like the um, minor leagues, if you want to call it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jeff also had his card. He had his PGA card for three years. Really? Yeah, and he kept like having to go back and re-get it, you know, because he just couldn't, which is another different conversation, but he just couldn't, once he got onto the tour, it's so hard to maintain it as yeah. a rookie. I'm know? sure. Yep. So, anyways, Jeff goes out, makes par on the first hole, and birdies the next 11 holes. Shoots 61. Holy cow. <laughs> Holy okay. cow. What's your longest streak? Three or four, maybe? I had five. <laughs> Did you? Okay. I had five. Yeah, exactly. That's my longest yeah, streak. Yeah, there you five. go. Exactly. Five in a row. Yeah, I'm going to say about the same, maybe four. Yeah. Uh, but to birdie 11 in a row, that's when you know that you're a different different level of player. Absolutely. Right? You're in the zone. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and, and just a very random kind of conversation, but I mean, he's got so many different, you know, accolades to his resume as far as I, I know he's been section player of the year multiple times. Mm -hmm. um, just and, and you know what? Again, very humble. Uh, when you go to him for a golf lesson, you don't. You, you kind of think he's talking almost a little different language because he's got so much knowledge. Gotcha. The things that it, we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. The things that make that are obvious to you and me mm -hmm. that are not obvious to the young lady that I just taught 45 minutes ago, who's a brand new golfer. Yeah. As far as how to hold the club. Those things are obvious to Jeff, and for me, even been teaching for 25 years, I'm like, why didn't I think about that? Mm -hmm. Instead of all the things that we go down the road of, exactly. you know, trying to think of. So, um, 
Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> he's just a, just a good guy and, and good family man. Um, great teacher, very simple. Like I said, he's, he's taught all, a lot of different places. He was at Cheval for a little bit. He was yeah. at um, Fox Hollow. Um, I'm sure I'm missing, missing some golf courses there too. But um, it, it was just a, as you meet people, you know, mm-hmm. again, as we, uh, we have lucky enough to meet people in this West Central chapter, there's a lot of good talent in our in a our area. A lot of good talent. Yeah. A lot of good talent. And there's a you know because we've got the Orlando area. Yeah. In, in our area. And, yeah. Uh, that's just a hub for a lot of good talent yeah. right there. Your you buddy know. Keith is player of the year. I player think. of the year. Yeah. Um, he plays Keith, with uh, Keith Colzer, right? Keith Colzer. Yeah. Okay. He plays with people like Paul Azinger and, yeah. and Gary Cope yeah. and, and some of the old tour. And the the funny thing is about that is um, you know these guys have won on tour. One's actually a major winner. Um, and it's funny at the end of the day they're actually. Keith has to give them strokes, so wow. that's that's yeah. the that's the funny thing. Yeah. So you can see that the level of talent in this area, you know, the West Central chapter and, and the, uh, the PGA chapter here, it's just loaded with talent. Yeah. So I got two things to say about that. So, so Keith is um, Keith has been a great player for in our chapter for over twenty five years because I think he just won the he might have won the he won the PGA section um, player of the year, uh-huh. but I'm. Pretty sure he just won the senior PGA section player there because I think he's like 53, 54 ish. I think he's in his 60s. Is he really? I believe he's wow. 61. Oh my gosh. Something like that. Yeah, he, it's he amazing. Looks, he looks and, good. and if you get to watch him hit a ball, it's absolutely yeah. amazing. It's dead on flush every time. Yeah, yeah. So um, the, the thing about, so when we play, um, I don't know if you played in these, but the, the chapter championship over at Old Memorial, have mm-hmm. you played in those? No. No, yeah. No. So I always sign up for that one because it's Old Memorial. Old Memorial, yeah. Pay $150, play two rounds out there. <clears throat> great, great facility. Arguably one of my favorites I've ever played. One of the nicest courses in the Tampa Bay area. Yeah, for sure. In maybe the world. Yeah. But <laughs> um, anyways, they always tell me to park my van, like in the employee parking lot. <laughs> right? Because they've got the Rolls, they've got the Mercedes, the Maseratis, they're all up front. There's an image. You know, hey, uh, Mr. Klotz, can you park your little... Mazda CX-7. Behind the yeah, pine please, trees. exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, um, so, Gary Koch is a PGA member in our section. Mm-hmm. Play, Wonderful guy, too. Play, plays in the event mm-hmm. and wins both divisions. Wow. Just coming up. He, he's doing announcing for six months out of the year. Comes off the event, plays his forward tee, because he's 60 or past 60, whatever mm-hmm. he is. So, he's, you know, you're giving him the tee box just like we would if we were playing he's, against He's probably hitting the same length that we are, yeah. right? It's uh, just once we get irons done. and putting, yeah. it's just amazing. Uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, and it's neat to be able to see, and I, like, like you just said, I've seen Keith and him kind of be on the leaderboard together, and, and the ones I've seen, Gary, put, you know, edges them out, but I'm sure there's been plenty where... Oh, I mean, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm, I'm sure. But those, those guys are, you know, and I guess that the big thing is that as we talk about, Gary Cook made it, but, you know, we see guys like... Jeff Leonard and, mm-hmm. and, and Sean Clark and you know uh, Keith Colzer and, and yeah. Tim Pulse. Yeah. Uh, for another name, these guys are so talented. I mean, it's amazing. You know, we see the talent that they have. That you know, they didn't make it on the tour, or you know, multiple reasons, right? Yeah. You know, for whatever reason, yeah. one way or another. But yeah. it's just amazing that when you see the level of talent on the tour, what it takes to get there. And, and it's not just talent. There's a little luck that mm-hmm. goes in it, too. You yep. know, you, you win a tournament, and you're off and running, yep. right? Or, yep. you know, on the other hand, you miss a putt, and you don't win that tournament. You get second <coughs> place, and you don't get those exemptions. Uh-huh. And it's a whole different world for you. Yeah, it, you know? it's, um, and, and you've had this, too, when you've been in your zone. Like, 
you get psychologically like you you're so positive about yourself you see you feel like you're going to make every putt the the hole looks big oh, looks huge the, the the fairway looks small because you because it because you know you're going to hit the middle of it it doesn't look big you know it's like all those things happen and Victor Hovland, I just saw this morning that he's second in some tour event wherever they're at this week or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was over in Europe, but I mean, how good of a year did he, how did he finish with? Absolutely. And that was a direct indicator. You can see the last six weeks of, of the PGA Tour season last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, just killed it. Yeah. Went, got a putting lesson or a couple putting lessons and that yeah. really changed. And short game too, he said to his chipping yeah. is really what changed. Well, his stats were terrible for yeah. the short game. And then he, you know, and it's funny with the technology now how to isolate those things. Yeah. And again, like what, this is even how we started our conversation today, Victor Hovland, number top whatever he is, top one, top three player in the world, mm -hmm. guess what he's doing? He's going to get a lesson. Yeah. Right? <laughs> he's going to work on his game. Right. Yeah. We can't get people to come see us because they're, oh, they, they're we're going to screw them up. Absolutely. I, my, my swing just clicked in. I don't need a lesson. Sure, but yeah. you, you're hitting 102, right. but yeah. I, I watch YouTube. I'm good. Yeah. What does that do? Yeah. I mean, I'm, sorry, we're on YouTube now, but still. But, you know, there are certain things. There's a reason why to have an instructor, and there's a reason why even the, the great players fall back onto those instructors. And it's not, you know, I wouldn't say those instructors are giving any you know, life-changing advice or anything like that, but it's just the small little details that they're yeah. able to notice uh, that make a huge difference for those guys. You know, it could be just as sim simple as, uh, you know, the grip of the putter, the tempo of the putter, yeah. uh, you know, just your, your aspect of how you're looking at a shot. And it just completely opens up a whole new door and changes the way that they're going to play. Yeah. And then your confidence goes up. And then watch out, folks. Yeah. I mean, once you've got the confidence up, it's, it's free range. And you can go the other way too. Yeah, absolutely. So what I do then is I change putters. I just don't go buy a new putter. Okay. You know, like, like Arnold Palmer has 300 putters in his in his trunk. <laughs> That's one of the things I always talk about. But um, just to finish up on that, I, in the past 24 hours, I've had three brand new women golfers. In the, just I had two yesterday, one today. Uh huh. All over 60. Okay. Um, never never touched a club before. All right. The thing that I tell people, and I really think that, that we both do this well, but when you come to us for golf lessons, the point of it is to give you a plan. Yeah. So you don't go to the range very randomly with no idea what you're working on. A blueprint. Right? Yeah. Like that. It could only be, uh, and we mean you've talked about this before too, like to me my golf lesson should be 10 to 15 minutes long mm -hmm. because I can give you what you need to do, the, the two to three things. Correct in those 10 to 15 minutes. But the other 45 minutes that we are there, there for them is typically their life coach. Yes. Is that correct? Correct, <laughs> right? correct. I mean, it's not bad, it's just kind of talking about it. That's kind of the way it. You know, <laughs> I think people just don't understand that. I think when they come to you, to you, they think that the swing is just so bad that it's going to take the whole hour to get it fixed. And it's really not. It's, it's small adjustments that you have to make. Um, and, you know, as you said, about 10, 15 minutes into the lesson, you've got it solved, yeah. right? Then it's just basically hammering those yeah. those things into place. More, more reps. And then yeah. building on top of that, right? Yeah. You know, it might not be the, the end-all lesson for you, but, you know, you've got to do it in stages. You know, yeah. do those small steps and then keep building towards it. Yeah. Uh, and then you're going to start seeing results. But you're right. I mean, after about 10, 15 minutes... We've diagnosed what it is. We've told you what we need to do. And to be honest with you, there's probably 
maybe six or seven things we need to fix, but we can't fix yeah. them all in one day, right? So yep. try to isolate one or two of those those yep. things and then just work on them. And you've got to go out and work on them for about a month yeah. or three weeks or, or five weeks. It's just not one of those things like, oh, I've worked on it for 30 minutes. I've got it. <laughs> right. No, the mind right. doesn't work that way. What are you working on right now? You said you were doing something with your kind of your center of your body type of thing? Yeah, so right now what I'm kind of working on is trying to keep my left elbow a little bit more tucked into my side so okay. when I rotate through, I don't feel like my arms are kind of flopping away at the top. Yep. Um, it's kind of a, a concept that Ben Hogan talked about, about the left pocket of the elbow kind of turning around. Okay. Um, I, I kind of feel like when I do that correctly, at least the feel for me is I feel like that left elbow kind of that left pocket kind of slingshots the ball okay. off the club face, and I can really feel that club face, you know, really grabbing that ball and going. Yep. Um, but when my arms start getting a little bit away, it starts getting a little disconnected. Yeah. So do you like, um, and I've heard all these different things, tried some too, like, do you like the towel drill? Do you like the belt? Do you, do you have like a, is, I've heard like even like a range basket or something you could... Yeah, so I use like a range basket. I'll put a range basket in the center so of my chest. you put the center, the... The big part here, correct, coming out this way, and then you're holding mm -hmm. it in between your forearms. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah. And, and really, all I'm trying to do is make a half swing or a three-quarter swing. I'm just trying to get that connection. Um, you can use a towel, but I yeah. I find that you can kind of cheat with the towel a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I find that when you put the basket in in the center of your chest and you hold it with your two arms, um, that if you're if you're over rotating, the basket pops out. Okay. So it gives you some negative feedback. Yeah. Um, that you're going to absolutely notice right away. And that ball is a training ball that is mm -hmm. sold, right, that kind of hangs from your neck. I think you've had one before. Impact ball or yeah, something like yeah, that? Yeah, it kind of does the same thing. Just part of it is is the whole, you know, setup procedure. Like we talk a lot, we, we talk a lot about a lot of mm -hmm. things, but I mean, the reason why the grip, the position of your left arm, the right arm, like the reason why that's important at the beginning is because mm -hmm. you're trying to maintain essentially that space between your elbows you don't want it to look like that Correct. on your backswing. No. And what you just talked about is on the way through, you don't want it to look like that. Right? Mm -hmm. You want it to be essentially the same space as they were at the beginning. Correct. So that pot, that setup that uh, I've tried before, um, I, I always felt kind of like you do. I always felt like the towel or the belt made me too restricted. Yeah. You know, now I'm going to like punch you like this mm -hmm. with no extension where Correct. I need to have my arms extended to produce the power. Correct. Yep. Um, so I like the head cover idea underneath the, to me it's the right armpit. Okay. And then again, this is a good one. So you put the head cover squarely underneath your right armpit and you're essentially pinching your right elbow, you know, your right uh, arm to your, to your body. Okay. Rory does this one. He talks about this one. Um, so, you know, again, for our, our visual people and our, also our, our listeners online, the, the idea is that the head cover stays in your backswing on the back, on the uh, top of your backswing, mm -hmm. but it absolutely should be released or come out in front of the ball, past the ball. Oh, you're you know? Yeah, because you, when, you, when you make your release and your arm comes out, you want that feeling of the head cover going out past the golf ball. Okay. Yeah, you don't want it, because if you held it, then you would almost have those alligator arms. And swing so far to the left, yeah, then, right? Yeah, and okay. you would, you'd you lose your extension. Gotcha. So um, it's, it's a good one, but uh, yeah, that's, you know, we, a couple weeks ago we talked about me working on my grip. Yeah, um, how's that going right now? How, you know, when you first did it, you, it was kind of a foreign concept, so yep. how has it kind of been after, what, two, three weeks? Two, three then? weeks, yeah, yeah. I'd say that I'm probably 20% there. Okay. Um, first of all, lack of practice time. 
don't, don't do it enough. Fair enough. Um, so when I've played, I've tried to implement it, and I do like all the other listeners to us. I do it for three or four holes. I decide that, eh, doesn't feel great. I'm not getting the results. Let me go back to my old way. Gotcha. You know, so I don't have it in there yet. It's not second nature by any means. So, um, but I definitely what I've found from it so far is, and I, is that the idea of the pressure, the 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 one to ten, you know, ten being death grip, one mm-hmm. being just very loosey goosey. Yeah. Is that as you do increase your clubhead speed, so you move from your pitching wedge to your six iron. Yeah. You. You know, you should essentially hold the club a little bit tighter because the implement, the club head, is moving faster. Yeah, correct. Right? So uh, my grip pressure currently, the way that I'm kind of dealing with it until I can figure it, until I can really get comfortable with moving my left hand more to the right on top of the golf club. That is a foreign feeling for me, too. <laughs> yeah, especially for somebody who's been doing it weak with a weak grip for 30 years. Yeah. Um, so that idea of, of moving that grip, which is the permanent change, that's the long-term permanent change, but I, again, I just don't feel comfortable with it yet. So um, to me, just increasing the grip pressure when I'm playing in these little charity tournaments right now or whatever it is, that feels, um, I, I can feel the club head being so much more solid at impact. Okay. That, that's, it's not flop, flopping at impact. Gotcha. You know, it, it, I, can, I can understand that, oh, this is what he was trying to t- tell me. Mm-hmm. And again, I have students like this, you do too, where, during those 30 minutes, during that hour of, of lesson teaching, you may not get it, right? It, it yeah. might take you, that aha moment is Absolutely. probably a month away. Yeah. But we want our 75 hours right now from you because- And we want results, <laughs> Yeah, we right? want, we're giving you the information right now and you're getting the information, but yeah, it may not work because right. you haven't done the work for it. Right, you know? I, I kind of resulted back to like math class, right? You, yeah. If you're taught a new concept, let's just say algebra or geometry, you're not going to get it in the first period, right? Yeah. You're not going to know. You, it, it takes taking that homework home, yeah. repeating it, repeating it, yeah. repeating it to really get the concepts down. And that's, you know, that's that's what it's about is, is you know, having fun with the process of practice, yeah. you know, make sure that you're enjoying the process and the practice of it. Yeah. And that's what you've got to do, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what, where the results are going to start coming from. It's a great analogy you just made, too, that the whole math class or because... Or, you know, our kids, your kids are younger. Yeah. But you'll find this out in the next <laughs> yeah. couple of years, like the way that they teach math now versus the way that we were taught math. math. Totally different, right? Yeah. So so me and you can get to the answer of what the teacher is going to be asking your child in three years when you figure when mm-hmm. your youngest child or your oldest child is four. Four in, yeah. in 18 months. Yeah. So, yeah, you still got a little bit of time. But once they get to that point of that schooling, right, where they're, they're you know the answer, you can get to the answer, but you're not going to get to the answer the way that the teacher, teacher wants you, yeah. and, the, and the new math wants you to get there mm-hmm. so point being for golf like you've got to take the information and then you've got to go work on it on the range yeah. or just do it in the backyard or just make swings indoors and then again progress to okay now I'm going to go do it in the four-player scramble tomorrow morning when it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. I can kind of mess up it doesn't really matter because the four-player scramble correct and then I'm going to bring it to the Wednesday night golf league where now it's two players, me and my partner versus you and your partner, mm-hmm. playing for a little bit of money. Still, got a little cover still. still yeah, still got a, still kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Then, then when can I bring it to the section championship for the North Florida section Correct. where I'm on, you know, number, uh, trying to think of oh, Memorial, number one, two, three, I think it's four is a par three, pretty challenging hole, about 190. Mm-hmm. Got water on the left, bunker on the right. Do I feel comfortable with that grip pressure, grip change, to be able to implement it 
under those conditions. Yeah. You know, that's when you know you've got it. Yeah. And, and um, that's what Hovland talks about. Like, and all these guys, like, they don't have it yet. It, yeah. it, it takes those thou- 10,000 hours. Yeah, your 10 years, 10,000 hours. That, that yeah. number of golf balls to get in there. And I mean, Tiger, when he was young, that's mm. all he did. Yeah. I had a really good friend. So when I was the. Um, head pro at uh, Green Valley Country Club in Claremont. Mm-hmm. So we were the East Central chapter, which was Orlando and kind of that, that okay. ballpark. So the section championship there was at Isleworth. Oh, wow. <laughs> which again, wow. signing up for that one. Absolutely. <laughs> $150 all day long. And, uh, you know, Tiger was there. This is back in 2000 to 2008, basically. Um, 2004 to 2008 was when I was at, in Claremont. So Tiger was living in Isleworth at this time. Okay. So you would talk to the staff at Isleworth, and basically his, not request, not mm-hmm. demand, but essentially it was a demand, we'll call it. Every morning, they brought out a five-gallon bucket of golf balls and put it on the range, and his house was located not, not, on, not I mean, for a reason, his house was located 15 steps from the range. Like, he could have bought anywhere in Isleworth. But he wanted 15 <clears> steps <throat> away from the range. He wanted to be able to walk out that door, go 15th step to the range, his area, you know, left side of the range, and he hit balls for six, seven hours. Wow. And then he would go chip and putt, go work out, come back, chip and putt that night, go home, next day, doing the same thing. Yeah, his workout routine was absolutely amazing. Right. If you ever saw what yeah. was, I mean, you'd, Navy you'd get up and stuff. run, and, <laughs> yeah. and I mean, yeah. it's amazing. I think Justin Thomas asked him, you know, what was your routine, and he repeated it to him. You could just see, just Tom's like, I can't do that. No, man. you know, there's no. no way, and he's he's in his 20s. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think you make a really good point there, Sean, is that um, we're we're taking these things to the highest level that we can, which is a chapter championship. And now you start talking about guys when you start talking about pressure being under a major. I mean, think about how many hours and times that they spent to get that feel and to, to work on that to make sure that they can have the confidence to pull that shot yep. under whatever pressure circumstance that is. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's 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 a real testament of how good they are. And you see it with the girls, you see it with the, yeah. you know, the seniors, it's funny, The senior, you watch a senior tour event, they still do it, like Bernard Langer is ridiculous at 64 years he's old or whatever. He's a machine, I don't, think he's, right? I don't think he's human, I think hey, he's the Terminator. I don't think, I mean, you could do his workout routine right now. <laughs> absolutely not, I saw, it, I saw it on uh, YouTube yeah. or Facebook, and yeah. he's over there punching and stuff yeah. like this, there's absolutely no way, I'd be dead after 30 seconds. Yeah. Done. <laughs> but um, but but that, that point of like the PGA Tour player, the LPGA Tour player, even, I mean, obviously a lot of these college kids or whatever, Part of what they're learning is the pre-shot routine, yeah. right? And we've talked about this before, and I don't care if we talk about this every episode, but the pre-shot routine, the visualization of a golf shot, and again, this happens to you and me, even at our level. Absolutely. Right? Like, when you play, I've happened to be playing a lot of four-player scrambles or two-player scrambles throughout the summer, and you play with, let's face it, you play with players that aren't as good skill level-wise. doesn't mean we're arrogant, just the way it is. We are not worried on hole number four at Lake Bernadette Okay, mm-hmm. par five. If we're a hundred yards away, we are not concerned about hitting it in the water. No, that's not in our in our deal. No, our deal is okay. We got a hundred yard shot to a green that's kind of narrow front to back. We know we got to hit it high because it's a it's a pretty hard green, mm-hmm. right? Our our thought process is so different than the fifteen handicapper, twenty handicapper, thirty handicapper because they are literally worried about making contact, getting it over the water, not hitting in the water. Mm-hmm. 
they, 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 they like the one, the one of getting it close to the pin is like number five on the list. Oh, it's way down on the list. But yeah. I mean, the, the biggest one is just that water. Yeah. I've got to get it over the water, you know. Yep. And, and then the second one comes, how am I going to hit this? What yep. kind of contact am I going to get? And yep. most of the time after that, the thought process is gone. They're, yep. they're running a million miles an hour. They hit this ball and <laughs> over, yep. over the green it goes, yep. right? So. So, so what's your 100-yard club? Well, we, we, uh, not club, but what's your 100-yard shot? You can give me maybe, maybe you have two different clubs, but... So for me, it would be uh, basically a, a three-quarter pitching wedge yep. or basically a stock 52. Okay. Um, yep. Depending on wind yeah. conditions and yep. stuff like that, um, yep. I think it's good to have at least one or two different shots for yardage. Yeah. I think it helps you. So when I play with players, I ask them, hey, what do you hit from 100 yards? They're like, uh, sometimes it's this club, sometimes it's like they don't know their yardages. Yeah. And you and I, and like, again, as you get better at skill level, we are within two to three yards of our, like you said, our stock, your stock club mm -hmm. is 100 yards, no wind, you feel good hitting 52. And I'm sure there's a few, a few listeners out there going, what's stock? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, that's your normal basic, because you should be able to either add or detract from right. that stock yardage. Yeah. So like you said, hey, maybe, maybe pitching wedge feels a little bit better because condition-wise, maybe I just want to make sure I do get over Let's face it. It or, could you know, be the lie. I yeah. mean, we could have a little bit of a thin, dodgy lie yeah. where, you know, having a little bit more of a controlled three-quarter shot is going to work. Yeah. Where if I have a fluffy up lie, then I'm probably going to be able to take a, a full swing and, and get under it. So, yeah. you know, I think, you know, when you talk about that, especially with beginners, you've got to kind of look at the lie and see what's it giving. Yeah. Right? Just don't say, I'm going to hit this. Because that's what I always hit, right? Yeah. Right. I always yeah. hit it that, you know, let the lie dictate. It yeah. might be, you know, you may need to take a... <laughs> an eight iron and, and really hit like a half shot, whatever it may be. Right. You know, don't get stuck with, I've got the number at the bottom. My buddy hit a nine iron. Yeah. I can hit the nine Oof. iron. Ooh, yeah. Oof. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, don't get lost in the number at the bottom of the club. Get lost in the number that's going to be on the scorecard. Go go with me on this for a second. Yeah. So the handicap of a player is essentially, what is that number? Basically, they sh let's say that I'm a six handicap and I'm par 72. How many times am I going to shoot 78 on that golf course? It's going to be your best score. 25% of the time? Yeah. Like, all right, the other 75, you're going to shoot worse. Yes, correct. It, it's, not your, it's not what you average. Mm -hmm. It is a, t a trend towards what your best scores typically are. It's your potential, yeah. right? It's your yeah. peak potential of yeah. what you could shoot. It's not your average, yeah. which I think people say, well, he, he, you know, he's a six handicap and he shot a 74. Yeah. Well, he shot under his potential. Good yeah. for him. Because um, the day before, he could have shot 82. Correct. Or yeah. 92. <laughs> yep. you know? so, yeah. He had a good day, whatever correct. you want to call it. You know, you know lucky day, good yeah. day, whatever yeah. it may be. Those players always seem like they play against you and I when they're playing, oh. or me and Crump, or whatever. You and Ross. They have an all-star day <laughs> yeah, against us. You oh, know? my gosh. I can't believe we're playing so good. Well, again, if you play with players that are better than you, you typically focus a little more. That's the way Absolutely. I always kind of go with that. So I always take it as a compliment. My friend Crump does not take it as a compliment. <laughs> no, no, but I love it. I, I love seeing the little guy. Um, you know, he he really gets up for the match. You yeah. know, he does. Yeah. You can see it in yeah. his face, um, and you can see, you know, you got to kind of walk away and you, and you shake the man's hand, but you can see the joy in his hand that I'd be a pro. <laughs> there you, <laughs> you know, go. I'd exactly. be a pro. Exactly. It doesn't matter if we passed that test 10 years ago. Absolutely. It, it does matter. not matter, but they, they enjoy that. So here's where I was going with the handicap question was now you're playing with, with somebody in a scramble, right? Mm -hmm. And it, lady, men, doesn't matter. Okay. You're 100 yards away, and they come up, and I'm like, hey, what club are you hitting? They go, well, this club always goes 100. 
Nope. <laughs> no, it doesn't. On your best day, when you hit the top 10% of your golf shots with no wind condition, no lie being bad, like all those th factors that you're bringing in, mm -hmm. that's when the club go. Just because you hit it 100 yards seven weeks ago. Yeah, tomahawk exactly. you know, 200 yards <laughs> Doesn't or whatever mean, it was. Yeah. That, that's where I say, that's why, that's why I like the idea when I asked you the question. You said, well, I can hit pitching wedge, three-quarter pitching wedge, mm -hmm. and I know the yardage is going to be 100 yards, meaning like I know that I'm going to hit it at least 100, yes. so I'm going to avoid the hazard type of thing. Correct. Because, and again, another topic for another conversation, as you swing harder at a 52 versus swing harder at a pitching wedge, the 52 is going to might even go shorter, obviously, because it's a le less lofted club. You're adding more spin to it. Correct. Right? You're imparting more spin because you're swinging harder, you're swinging faster, and that's producing a higher ball flight, mm -hmm. which, if there is any wind up there, Correct. that ball just drops. And yeah. number 12 at Augusta is the prime example yes. of that. Yes. Right? We sit back there and watch, and how can the player, how can um, Francisco... Uh, Molinari. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and not only did he come up short, Tony Finau, two balls later. Correct. Came up short. Well, great instance. How about Jordan Speed? Yep. You know, uh, he was absolutely, I think he had one one arm in the sleeve of that green jacket that year, and number 12 came up. And yep. Adios. Well, and, and that, that year I'm talking about is when Tiger hit it on the green. Yeah. And he, the whole tournament changed in that little... 11, which is a min corner, 11, 12, 13, yeah. right? But Tiger hit a lower ball flight. He's played the experience, kind of yeah. going back, almost going back to my friend Jeff Leonard. Mm -hmm. Tiger's played Augusta at that time probably 22 times. Yeah. You know, played the Masters that many times because he just won it in 2020 or whatever. So he, he, he understood the whole, he understood all of it. He understood yeah. like the, hey, you know what? I'm a little bit, not tight, but just, not like I don't want to try to swing hard at something. Mm -hmm. The wind always moves up in that area. You don't really know for sure what it's doing above those trees. Yeah. Let me keep it lower underneath the wind. These are all concepts that you should be thinking about Saturday morning and or I, something. And I think he even said that he knew that when those guys hit those shots and missed it on that, he knew that they played it wrong. Yeah. And the way that he played it, and I, I can't remember exactly. I mean, I think he said, I'm just going for the center of the green, yeah. not going after it. Um, and he knew after that he came off that hole that he had a really good chance, or probably in his mind, he knew he was yeah. going to win. Yeah. You know, he knew the rest of the holes coming on in. Yeah. He knew that the mistakes that they made. Yeah. And if you get behind Tiger at all, yeah. Done. Yeah. You and know. and then that's almost going back to like that was again 2020, I think, or 20, whatever the last one he won, which I think was 20. Um, yeah. But the red shirt days, the red shirt Sunday yeah. days, right? That, that was a two thousand. That was from like ninety six on, and that intimidated the field. Yeah. To see him in his red shirt Absolutely. on Sunday. Absolutely. Already got an advantage. So we talk about psychological <clears throat> importance. Mm -hmm. He's already got an advantage before he even tees the ball up on Sunday, <clears throat> and he knows that he's gonna, you know. Well, he even puts it out there that you know I'm wearing the red shirt because it's uh, I'm not taking any prisoners. I mean, he even you know he yeah. puts that out yeah. there. I mean. And it's a visual for everybody. I'm not going to take any yeah. prisoners. And by the way, I'm the number one player in the, in yep. the world. And yep. watch me smoke it. Yep. I, I can't think of another player that I can think of their, their shirt color 
on Sunday. It doesn't matter. Nobody else. Maybe Jack with yellow. Okay. Jack okay, with yeah. yellow, I think, yeah. would be about it. Yeah. But, you know, there again, you're talking about the two greatest yeah. golfers of all time. Probably, yeah. You know, arguably. Yeah. You but know. just just cool that maybe that's even from Earl, his dad, or some somehow yeah. psychologically. I think he got, he got it from the, his mom. Okay. From, yeah. From his mom. I think he got it from his mom. Because yeah. I think it's a... a What's that Asian influence of the... That or something yeah. like that, I, I yep. believe it is, or something like that. But red is like a no mercy power color, power color, yeah. and yeah. you know, in that culture, that uh, that really means something. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you got to think it has a psychological effect for Tiger as well. Right. Right. You know, he's out there and he's thinking, I've got my, you know, I've got my, I'm a baseball player, my lucky socks on, there so you go. I'm going to beat you. Yeah. You know, so it's just that mental confidence that you get as well. I just heard an interview with Patrick Mahomes this week. Oh. He hasn't changed his jock steps in like six weeks now. <laughs> because, but, uh, but, yeah, but they're not going to do yeah, a commercial yeah. about that. And him and his wife are not getting close or whatever. But it, it was, <laughs> they were talking about it. And he's like, I'm not changing until I lose again. So maybe on Monday when he plays. Piz, or I bet his wife's going for him to yeah, lose. exactly. <laughs> and the equipment trainer. So it's just kind of funny. But it is one of those, uh, one of those you know, superstition type of things. So um, I, I want to finish up just real quick. The, uh, the You mentioned Paul Lazinger with playing with your buddy Keith and stuff. Mm-hmm. And. Again, another you know, uh, Florida section guy, who also because that's the thing that like <clears throat> there are I think I think I'm correct with this. There's 23 classifications of PGA members. Mm-hmm. Um, we are I think I'm currently like an A1, which means it's a general manager mm-hmm. slash um, head professional as mm-hmm. a classification. Tour players I think are A4. There's like there's classifications yeah. for all these guys. So um, that's like an IRS one. Yeah, that's why. (laughs) And if you're if you're a club fitter or if you're a swing coach or teaching professional, if you work in the media, there's all these different classifications. Yeah, A six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's cool that that's kind of the point is like it's cool that Gary Koch can play in the same tournaments that Keith Culzer and Tim McElvena and Jeff Leonard and I. You know, like we like we're all playing in the same event, Mm -hmm. trying to do the same thing. Yeah. So. Back in the day, I'm going to go, this is probably around 98. So mm-hmm. Azinger had won a British Open at that point. Okay. Um, so me and my friend go play in the Sarasota City Championship golf tournament at Bobby Jones Complex. Oh, okay. Have, wow. you, ever, have you ever played down there? No, no, I have not. Really, really cool public facility. Sounds like I need to get out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thirty-six holes. They got the American and the international okay. sides or whatever. So me and my friend from Massachusetts, uh, we go down there and play. Now, nobody knows who we are, which is great. Mm-hmm. Kind of a good way to go into a tournament. Yeah. Right. Kind of a good way. Almost the white men can't jump theory again. Like, who are these guys? Yeah. So, anyways, short story is somehow, some way, me and my buddy win the two-day tournament oh wow gross it was whatever negative eight for the two days or whatever on the trophy is paul azinger and his partner wow. from, from like 1989 or whatever it was mm-hmm. i'm like how cool is that i got my name on the same trophy that's amazing that's, that's as amazing close as i'll ever get yeah. exactly that's amazing <laughs> as close as i'll ever get but um you know i think that <clears throat> does bring out a good point as we kind of conclude here is that you know with the level of talent that the chapter has and in, in this area um, that we get exposed to, um, that just kind of drifts down to our students, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's that's the beauty about this this section, this chapter, um, is that we have such an array of talent. We've got major winners, 
Uh, we've got people that won the Paint Stewart Award. Yeah. Um, we've got you know chapter uh, champions, senior chapter champions, and we get to discuss and, and talk golf with these guys. Yeah. Uh, sometimes <clears throat> on the golf course and, and sometimes out of the golf course. Did you Did you know Kenny Sims at all? Or pretty mm, well. No. So, so Kenny was over at Rogers Park for years. Uh -huh. um, African American guy. Just a one of the again one of the most classy individuals you'll ever meet. Yeah. Uh, worked at Rogers Park, worked at the Tampa Sports Authority. Now he's in Texas at the PGA. Oh, the Fresco. Yeah. Fresco. Yeah, yeah that's he, amazing. He's top dog there, right? So he did so many good things for youth and, and um, kind of the underprivileged youth. Mm -hmm. And again, just somebody that I can, I've got on my phone that I can text and say, hey, Kenny, what's going on? Yeah. You know, what happened last year at Rogers Park? You know, how was that event or whatever? So again, exposure to these different yeah. players or these people that are just. You know, we, we, as PGA professionals, we should portray an image. Yes. We really do, you know, and, and we do, we are respected and we are looked up to, and yes. sometimes we get beaten down uh, it, <laughs> inside the pro, shop, the pro shop because, you know, whatever happens. And, and it's not like we're looking for the respect, but, hey, we put our hours in. Yes. We put our time in, and uh, I think it's I think it's a great thing. I'm excited to continue this with, with you, T-Mac, because mm -hmm. I think it's such a good way to be able to get our information in our heads Absolutely. out to the golfers. Getting our message out to the people yeah. as well. Yeah. So, um, as we say, we're going to conclude here. Yep. So um, I'm one of your co-hosts, Tim McAvan, the owner and operator of SwingTheoryGolf.com. Yep, and I am Sean Klotz, uh, owner and operator of One Stop Golf Club. So thank you for listening to Dynamic Golf Podcast. Uh, you can reach us at uh, dynamicgolf.org. Uh, or, Sean, where, where can I reach you at? Uh, Lake Bernadette. Links to Lake Bernadette is probably the best place. Or we can just go on my website, which is onestopgolfshopfl.com. Still looking for members over at the club. Okay. We, How many memberships do we still have? We have 15 available over at the golf club, okay. which is One Stop Golf Club. Again, that's an indoor, you know, virtual, uh, private hitting facility. Mm -hmm. Even during this beautiful weather now, it's dark at 6 o'clock. Yeah. So yeah. it's nice to be able to have a place to go work on your game. Gotcha. And gotcha. I know you're you're gearing up with your students coming down for the absolutely yeah. you're getting a lot of the uh, northern people down yeah. here, so it's a, it's an exciting time uh, yep. to be down here in Florida. So uh, if you want to get a hold of me for a golf lesson, I'm at uh, swingtheorygolf.com, um, and please uh, reach out to us. Let us know if you have any questions or comments, and please subscribe. Yep. Thank you, and have a great day. Thanks, golfers. We did great right there. Good dude. I think that was good. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, right there. good that was job, fun, man. Definitely. Good job. Definitely I should have moved the camera over there. Oh, okay. But we live and learn. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> we live and learn. That's all right. Because I'm most of the time this way. Yeah. So. Yeah. But next time we'll kind of have it over there. So. <laughs> That's fine. I thought about that like about halfway through. I was like, you know what? I should have yeah. had that camera over there. Anyway. How long was that one? Do you know? Uh, let's see here. About 50 minutes. Yeah. Are you looking to elevate your golf game? With SwingTheoryGolf.com, you will. Tim, who is a certified PGA professional, offers expert instruction and personal attention to help you unleash your true potential. So get ready to tee off with Swing Theory Golf.